You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, good morning, good morning. I almost I should say good morning and good afternoon, depending on what part of the country you're in. If you're here in the West, as I am, it's a good morning. And as you are in the East, it is just hitting that afternoon on this great Father's Day. Hopefully, it's as uh, glorious weather where you are as it is here where I am. I think the only thing that you know, I always thought when your kids are younger and, and it's Father's Day, they kind of give you a break, you know, especially it's on a Sunday. You get to, well, I didn't get a chance to sleep in because my dogs and cats, and I have 13 and all, I don't think they care about Father's Day. And uh, so all of a sudden, my dogs, they were stirring at 5.37 a.m. And I tried to, you know, shut them up and get them on the bed and kind of relax. And and it didn't work. So uh, my day started quite a while ago. Anyway, I'm glad you're with us. I hope you uh, have a great relaxing day here on Pet Life Radio. And listen in, a lot of great shows. I am your host for the next half hour. My name is Dr. Jeff Werber. For those of you who have not heard me yet, this is our, I believe, my third Sunday, our new date, our new day, I should say, and time. For oh, about almost two years, we've been on Thursdays, and we just moved to a Sunday morning time slot. We are at 9 a.m. Pacific time at noon Eastern time. We are if, possibly the only live call-in show here on Pet Life Radio, which means that take advantage of my being here. I have uh, been around the block a few times. I've been practicing. This is my 30, actually now entering my 31st year of practice. I am a dog and cat fanatic. As I said, I have five dogs and, and eight cats. You know, just by practicing for a long time, you get a really good feel for what you're doing. I will hopefully be able to answer your questions. If not, I will get answers. I have a fairly large slew of veterinary specialists in almost every field you can imagine. If I can't give you the answer right away, we will get you the answer. And as a matter of fact, just for calling in, easy number, 877-385-8882, or sending us a quick email while we're here online live at drjeff at petliferadio.com, or join us right now on the website at petliferadio.com. You click on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you can join in on our conversation. Any of those ways you can get to us. And when you do, we will send you out a free ProSense product, thanks to one of our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products, and also a Kong toy. And again, we thank the good folks at Kong for helping us make it easier for you to want to give us a call in. And of course, our retailers, my mass retailers, and Walmart and Target who carry our full line of ProSense. So anyway, I got a couple of emails this week. One I wanted to talk to you real fast. It comes from Richard in San Diego. And Richard you know, has heard the term, and he, his dog had a little interdigital irritation. That is an area in between the toes that was kind of oozing. And the doctor wanted to check for a foxtail. And I want to just make sure everybody knows that a foxtail, A, is not alive. Though the way they behave, it kind of sometimes acts like they're alive, and it has nothing to do with a fox. Basically, a foxtail is a plant-on. It's A-W-N. And well, the reason why I say it seems like it's alive, it's shaped almost like an arrowhead. So it's got a point at one end, and then the actual on, the fibers of this plant-on, seem to fan out like it looks like a fox's tail, thus the name a foxtail. And the concern that was so amazing about these little things is, is that there are little microburrs on each one of the leaves of this tail, of this foxtail, that are in the opposite direction. 
So basically, these prevent the foxtail from not only does it, I should say it this way, not only does it not prevent them from going backwards, it actually propels them forward. And I do this little trick where I'll take a foxtail and I'll put it under the sleeve of my shirt on my arm where you can see the tip and I'll wipe it away like I'm trying to brush it away, like brush it out of my sleeve back onto my arm. And not only is it not coming out, every time I wipe downward, it goes upward, which is the source of the problem with foxtails. The more a dog, once it it penetrates and the dog is trying to lick it out, all it does is go farther in. And they are just a nuisance, a disaster. And if I can tell you where foxtails have ended up, they can end up, I mean, first of all, if they go up into a nose, they can actually make it through what's called the cribiform plate, which is the part of the bony structure that actually separates the calvary, the skull, from the nasal cavity, and it can end up inside a skull. They can, if they're swallowed, they can migrate anywhere in the intestine or even out of the intestine. If they are going to an ear, they can lodge into through the tympanum, which is through the eardrum, and get into the middle ear canal. I mean, they are unbelievable. They have been found in spinal canals on postmortem exams. So they are really, really difficult to deal with. So where do they like to go? You should know it. You should, first of all, look it up online to see what a foxtail looks like. I'm sure once you see it, you'll know exactly what it is. But they're prevalent spring and summer. So when you are, for example, walking your dog, especially if you're walking in a wooded or a brushy area, when you get home, you want to check the following places on your pet's body. Number one, between the toes and the bottom of the feet. Very important. Number two, lift the ear. The ear is one place where you will often see them and they are, if you see your dog shaking his head like crazy and yet the ear doesn't look that dirty at first, take him into your veterinarian, make sure to check for a foxtail. Inside the mouth, I have a little vial I keep in my office with about 40 foxtails in it. And where did they come from? Where did I find them? This poor dog had eaten a plant, the whole foxtail plant, the weed. And I pulled out 40 from embedded inside the gums between the teeth, causing a major oral infection. I found them in the tonsils and the tonsillar crypts. And again, causing major, this poor dog came in besides one of the most, I mean, horrendous, horrendous smelling breath and the mouth. But this dog was salivating. This dog was in pain. This dog was uh, so uncomfortable. So really, really just a tremendous, tremendous problem that we have to deal with. And of course, requiring full anesthesia, getting a foxtail out of an ear is going to require full anesthesia. So it is very, very important to know where to look. Another place to look is lift the tail. For some reason, they like to get under the tail in the area of the anal glands. So that's another place of migration. And then another area, just anywhere around the body, especially under the armpits, the the front legs in what we call the axillary area. And again, that's where they like to migrate. So Richard, thanks for the email. Just for sending us the email, we're going to send you out a ProSense pet product. We're going to send you out a Kong toy just for sending us an email here to drjeff at petliferadio.com. That's how easy it is. You want to get a really, really good ProSense product, whether it's a a shampoo or a a vitamin or a glucosamine supplement, depending on your pet, a dental kit or a Kong toy, just go ahead and send me any kind of email to drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com. Now, one thing, the other email we got comes from Molly, who's listening, uh, joined us here in Boston, so loves the show. And 
She wants to know why do dogs scoot? And yeah, I'm sure you've all seen it because it's so charming to look at, especially when it's on carpeting. And they lift up their kind of back legs and they rub their behinds against the, on the floor. You know, one of those embarrassing things that they like to do when you have company over or when you just freshly clean your couch and now you're wondering, uh-oh, what kind of a trail here has been left by good old bruiser? Anyway, a dog scoot for a number of reasons. Probably the most common is going to be anal glands. Now, it's a charming subject. Someone's got to talk about it, so we should talk about it here on Pet Life Radio because we're talking pets. The anal gland, there are two glands or sacs that if you lift up a tail and look straight away at the anal area, the behind, the butt, they sit at around, oh, four and seven, okay? If you're looking at a a clock face, maybe 4.30 and 7.30. So basically, They are a sac. It's a vestige of a scent gland. They actually serve zero purpose in today's domesticated pet. When you have smelled this very metallic, very disgusting odor, dogs will emit the contents of this gland or these sacs when they're extremely fearful, when they're very aggressive, when they're extremely excited. Usually not excitement. It's more of a fear. And the way they're supposed to empty these glands out is every time a dog defecates at the very end of the bowel movement. You know, people don't usually look at their dog while they're pooping. I don't blame you. But those of us that have or do will notice that at the very end of the bowel movement, the BM, their anal sphincter gives a really tight squeeze. Okay? I mean, really tight. At that moment, if you were brave enough to be close enough to look closely you will see the little squirts of this secretion. And the normal dog, normal healthy dog, will empty these glands, him or herself, with every bowel movement, and they never cause a problem. There are certain times, however, where they do pose a problem. Number one, if the gland or the material within the gland starts to get a little thickened, they will not be able to be released with that tight anal sphincter motion And therefore, the contents within this gland starts to build up, and it builds up even more and more. And this is where you'll see these dogs scooting in an attempt to try to empty out the contents of these glands because they start putting pressure around the anal area and are very uncomfortable. Now, if they are unsuccessful, the next problem that happens is what we call an anal sac or anal gland rupture or abscess, where the gland itself abscesses. It gets infected because the material, the contents within, has not been successfully released, and that's a problem. That's where you might see a very large draining tract and some bleeding and some oozing and smell and a very uncomfortable dog. So these require, obviously require medical attention. But many people do that have dogs, and you should just get in the habit. You can do one of a few things. Number one, go to a groomer, and the groomer, your groomer, can empty out the contents of the gland. Go to your veterinarian. Or if you are really brave and bold, I have yet to meet someone who has done this more than once and is willing to do it a second, third, fourth time, and that is learn to do it yourself. Some people do. It's one of those things that even after 30 years, this smell gets to me. I I can remember one story, and anyone who's ever done this themselves or you know exactly what I'm talking about, I'm sure you could relate. So a client came in. 
and I could feel, you could feel the bulging, you could feel these glands are full, the material within, and I'm trying to express them. So I put my glove on, and I cannot, for the life of me, express these glands. So they were really plugged and plugged bad. I lift the tail, and I got my left hand on these two glands, and I'm squeezing as hard as I can. What the heck is going on? Why can't I? I've never had this problem. So I lift the tail to take a look. And at that very moment that I turned to look, oh, my God, did I get this in the face, in the hair. I mean, it, it was the most disgusting thing. And there's, there's no way to really get the smell out. I literally had to, besides washing my face, everything, I had to go home at my lunchtime and I had to shower. It is really, really gross. So anyway, just so you know, even those things can happen to someone with 30 years of experience. And oh my God, to this date, I will never, ever look to see why I can't do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to do it by Braille or I'm going to use a mirror. Anyway, it's a time for a quick break. So uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. So don't go away. You're here tuned into Dr. Jeff Werber, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We'll be back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's dinner time in America, where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert recommended foods than any place else. And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands, like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet. At PetSmart, happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I'm home. My hair looks cute. Now what? Bringing home a puppy or new dog is exciting, and he's depending on you to keep him in good health. Dogs need special care to keep them healthy as they grow throughout their entire life. Caring for their health is critical in all stages. With ProSense, it's simple and convenient to give your dog the care it needs with effective and quality products that treat, prevent, and provide essential daily vitamins and minerals. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization. Here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. I am Dr. Jeff Werber. And um, happy Father's Day once again to all you dads out there. Hope uh, you got a little bit more of a break than I did this morning. I hope your pets were uh, honoring you on this great, relaxing Sunday. There was a topic that we discussed on a show back we were doing on Thursdays oh, about seven months ago. And I don't like to repeat myself, but I really do when it comes to things that are important. And I'm, and I'm hoping that we have an audience. My Sunday audience is a little different. So I'm going to take a stab here and we're going to discuss a very, very important topic that still to this day, it amazes me how few pet parents, pet owners are really aware of some of the changes that we made in this particular arena. And the arena I'm talking about is the vaccine arena. We as a profession have been over-vaccinating period. We are making changes. I would say most veterinarians out there have joined on and are making different recommendations. Certainly, certainly the key animal groups and organizations have and are making changes in the recommendations. That includes the cat fanciers and TICA and the um, Feline Practitioners Association, Dog World as well as the American Animal Hospital Association, the American Veterinary Medical Association. I would say most entities out there are now jumping on this bandwagon on board that we do not need in many cases, I would say most cases, to vaccinate every year. Nor, nor should we be giving every vaccine known to man. So, there are some entities out there. I don't want to get into the politics. I don't think it's the, here is the right point. But I will say to you, if you are going to a hospital, especially a hospital, it's a, a group of hospitals that and are still recommending that you're going in every six months to a year for any vaccine, there's only one that we're going to get to in a minute that would be justifiable, I will tell you that you are probably going to the wrong veterinary hospital. That's how bold I, I can be and will be because this is my show. And these are my views, not Pet Life Radio's. This is good old Dr. Jeff. So, and I think actually it's the only entity out there still that is recommending vaccines every year. So, how did this all come about? Well, when we think of us, and it's Father's Day, so let's think about kids. When do our kids get vaccines? They go through a series as babies. Many people are actually not liking to give vaccines at all anymore and just counting on mother's immunity. But once that series is completed, they've gotten their measles and their mumps and their German measles and all these good stuff and the diphtheria and all the vaccines they're getting, unless they're going to a third world country, and this is key, where there are other diseases that we don't have here in the U.S. or in Canada, then we don't need vaccines ever again. Now, when I took a trip to work in the jungles on the Amazon in Peru, yes, I needed to go get more vaccinations. But had I not gone... I would not have needed. I would not have needed. And here's a perfect one. How many of you are taking medication against malaria? We have mosquitoes, but we don't have malaria. So therefore, it would be crazy, crazy to take medication to fight off malaria or the hepatitis is if we're not going to an area that these diseases are endemic. So I ask you then, why would you give a dog who lives in the city a Lyme disease vaccine in the West where we don't have endemic Lyme disease, or say a rattlesnake vaccine. 
and you say to yourself, that's insane. Of course you're not going to do it because there's no way. Why give an indoor cat, an indoor-only cat, a leukemia virus vaccine? Leukemia virus comes from prolonged, direct contact with a leukemia-positive carrier. How many indoor cats are going to have prolonged, direct contact with a positive carrier? So what we have done, what the industry has done, is actually looked at what we call vaccines or the core vaccines. Core vaccines are vaccines against diseases that are common slash endemic in the area in which you live. Meaning if you move, that core might change. So I'm going to use just as as an example, Southern California, obviously I know it best. And what we deal with on a regular basis. Well, we still vaccinate dogs in combination with Parvo and we vaccinate with Bordetella. Now that was, remember I mentioned about one example, an exception to the once a year and that is the Bordetella. Bordetella is a lifestyle vaccine. Bordetella should be given once a year unless you have a dog that frequents doggy daycare, that frequents boarding facilities or goes to the groomer once a week. These dogs, in fact, most of those establishments require every six months and rightly so. It's not a great vaccine. It doesn't give us that long, long-term protection that we really do need. So if you're going to do the Bordetella vaccine, then, which is the, I hate to use the word kennel cough because when it's endemic and like here in LA, it's, you know, take your dog for a walk in Hollywood cough. It's go to the vet cough, go to the groomer cough, go to the park cough. It's everywhere. So the dog should be treated at least once a year. But if you frequent the potential for exposure, then you want to do it twice a year, every six months. But things like rabies after the first year, it's usually it's given first time as a four to six month old pup. You booster it a year later. After that, it's good for three. Cats here, now this is different because some states have different regulations for rabies. You have to follow your state laws. Some still require it once a year, though I think that is changing. Some require it for cats. We don't for cats. Now, since I have eight cats, I have eight indoor-only cats because I don't want to take the risk of cars, dogs, coyotes, and leukemia virus or feline AIDS killing my eight cats. So therefore, I like them indoors. And fortunately, we have the room and they love being indoors. But what is the potential for indoor cats to get rabies? Now, unless I'm inviting raccoons or bats into my home on a regular basis, the possibilities, the chances are zero. Therefore, I do not vaccinate my cats against leukemia or rabies because here in California, it's not required by law, the rabies. If you're coming from a state where it is, then obviously you got to go with it. So how about lepto? Oftentimes, it used to be that the typical distemper vaccine was DA2PL for lepto. And again, lepto is one of those diseases. It's a bacterium. It's serious. It's usually in, comes from the feces or, or the urine of animals that are shedding the lepto bacterium. And you see it in the mountains. You see it on trails. You see it in wooded areas. You can see it in streams where these animals, these wild animals are harboring and shedding the bacterium. And these are animals, our dogs are, say, drinking that stream water or eating the feces or doing something. You know, it's usually going to come from urine. So therefore, it is something that if you have a lifestyle with your pet that takes advantage or goes into these hikes and and you do things like that, you're outdoorsy, then absolutely get the vaccine. But if you have a city dog who goes for its walks locally and never really encounters those environments, then you don't necessarily need to give it on a routine basis. Borrelia, Lyme disease, likewise, in certain areas where in many areas where it's not endemic, you don't need to give that vaccine. Same thing with rattlesnake vaccines. The FIP vaccine for a cat is really not a great vaccine. And you wonder if it's worth it at all. And maybe unless you are in a cattery situation, I wouldn't waste my time with that one either. 
Same goes for coronavirus vaccine. Corona is a disease that's kind of like a 24-hour stomach flu. Do you really want to waste another taxation on the immune system to give another vaccine to protect against something? You know, sometimes you got to wonder, is the risk of just a vaccine reaction greater than the risk of actually getting the bug? And if you get the bug, how bad is it? So these are things you need to start to evaluate and understand another thing. I have been doing what's called a titer test. A titer is a blood test to measure existing antibody. And I do this for distemper and parvo and I have done for years. If I tell you that I've had many, many, many dogs that are now eight to nine years out without even needing a vaccine. So that's another option you have is talk to your veterinarian about titer testing. That might be a way to go. But if you're going to give the vaccines, start a three-year vaccine schedule. No need to over-vaccinate. I don't think it's worth uh, whatever risk there may be to a vaccine reaction, especially in cats that can get very serious vaccine reactions. So sometimes, and with vaccines, a great example, less is more. Anyway, thanks for joining me here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. For you dads out there, have a great Father's Day. I'm going to enjoy mine, and I, this is my first time. I'm actually Father's Day and Grandfather's Day, as my daughter had a baby a few months ago. So anyway, uh, have a great week, have a great day, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.